0: So join us now as we let the Word of God give us foundational tools to develop and maintain a Biblical worldview. Hi, this is Sharon Hoskins. And this is
1: Janie Ratslov.
0: The world's culture has invaded the church through each Christian that takes on the thinking and adheres to the views of the world's belief system. Now, psychology, which we touched on a little bit last week, is just one way in which Christians have subtly moved from a
1: biblical worldview to a worldly worldview. Yes. So, so let's just start off with what's a very simple definition of uh, psychology. It's the study of the natural of nature. And that means that we're going to study how we can through nature resolve all of our problems, resolve all of our issues that we have in being a society that can live in harmony. Sounds like a good concept, doesn't it? Yeah. But the people who practice psychology want to solve everything from limiting it to how we deal with our emotions and how we deal with behavioral patterns. But psychology wants to do it without God. They want man to be the God and man to find the solutions, and they'll find it in learning how to help people deal with their emotional traumas and negativity, and then they'll also show them how to change their behavior. And so psychology has come up with over 250 separate modalities and more unknown therapies than what we can count, but we don't have any blind studies that can prove the modalities, because man can lie. So, Simon Freud, uh, he says, and his philosophy, uh, by his psychology way of thinking, is man's not responsible for his own actions, bless their hearts, but it's a product of socially imposed restrictions and limitations. Oh, my man's problems are caused not by personal sin, but by the erroneous input and training of other people. Oh, my parents didn't take care of me Uh the right way. My parents didn't do this. So I'm going to blame my parents. And if my parents had given me a better environment. Uh If they had not put so many limitations on me, so many commands to honor and obey, Uh I wouldn't be in the mess that I'm in.
0: Okay. And
1: they imposed their limitations of me having to believe in a God that I don't know if I really believed in him or not, but they told me I had to go to church and I had to learn about him and I didn't want to. So now, Sigmund Freud said, you were abused and misused in your childhood by the brainwashing of believing that there is a God mm-hmm. and that there is sin.
0: Okay, okay. I had no idea that um, there was that much depth to it.
1: Yes, and that was beginning to be taught in in our universities and higher learning as we were moving Christianity out of it and bringing in the world. Okay. And that happened around the middle of the 1850s. Wow. Okay. And one of the things that Freud decided that he would do is that he would treat this sickness with dialogue. So he would have patient to psychoanalyst listened to what the patient said and then the psychoanalyst would give them them man solutions okay so we didn't have to go to the word we didn't have to go to any other books we just mm-hmm. listened to our psychoanalyst because he knew more than we did okay do you see how the trusting man in innocence we went to a christian university but we didn't get the old-fashioned professors that said the Word of God as the foundation. We got the new professors, Sigmund Freud. At this same time, around the 1850s, in the medical world, Sharon, there was a battle just what was going on in the cultural higher learning world. There were two doctors. One doctor was Louis Pasteur. The other doctor was Becamp. And Pasteur said that we get sick because of what is on the outside that invades us. And he had more political pull, more influence, had more money, was better known. But there was someone who said no that's not right. Disease begins when the insides become imbalanced. Okay, that makes sense. When the body is weakened, Uh and that goes along with scriptural principles. The Bible says that the spirit of a man will sustain him in his illness, but a wounded spirit who can bear. So there was a battle for the soul of man in the medical field. At the same time that there was a soul battle going on in the higher learning. For the mind. For the mind. Now, okay. there's one other facet I've got to throw in okay. here. At this same time, the church age was known as the Philadelphian area. And when you go back to Revelations 2 and 3, you see that the Lord tells that church that they had the truth. And they had to hang on what to Truth that they had so that they could be keepers of the light. They can be salt and light in a world that was in need. So, what I want to build on the stage today is when the enemy was working on the mind and the soul of man, the Lord had over here the church in one of the strongest areas that they ever had to defeat what was going on in the higher education. I find that so sovereignly beautiful and refreshing that when the evil comes in, the Lord still is bringing in his truth like a flood.
0: Wow. So you're saying that during the 1850s to 1930s, in the time of Freud's lifespan, was the time of the Philadelphia church that is talked about in Revelation chapter 3. So what happened to the Philadelphia church age that we're now in the state that we're in? It, it, it
1: was strong. We had some of the greatest writers that understood the doctrines of the cross. They understood depravity of man. They didn't try to find goodness okay. Okay. that had been lost at the fall. They were willing to be called into account for wrongdoing. They were secure in who they were in Jesus Christ. They had a solid foundation. You know, every week we talk about some Mm -hmm. aspect of having Mm -hmm. a solid foundation and how you obtain it from the scriptures. But
0: somehow we've moved from the Philadelphia church to the church of Laodicea
1: since that time. And what's happened is about the 1950s, We started having all of these subtleties that the enemy was using because it gave us freedom. It gave us new insights. It it took away our inhibitions. It also took away our absolutes. And it took away any morality. And we went to saying, if it feels good, it must be right. Mm -hmm. We gave our emotions complete freedom To have whatever feelings it's wanted. And became our final authority. With no repercussions. Okay. So subtly, we lost what we had. And as those old saints that passed it on to our universities, our universities decided that they needed to rewrite. And that's because the secular movement was creeping into our higher learning and nobody was challenging it and then we had people who were bold and said We need to do away with prayer in schools. That's nonsensical because we just pray to one God. And, hey, there's more ways to get to heaven if there is a heaven than just one God. So let's not be so restricted in our thinking. Let's broaden our mind. Okay, so we've become more superior. And now man's reasoning, man's logic man's opinion, man, woman. (laughs) Uh Well, when we say man, we're talking about humans. Humans. Right, Right. Mm -hmm. right. And then we wanted to do away with history, so that meant we definitely have to nullify and negate what happened at the fall. So the fall of man in the Garden of Eden didn't really happen. That's a myth. That's a story. So that's why we have to do away
0: with the Bible. That's why we have to do away with God. Just to meet our narrative. And we do away with sin. You see, we do away Uh with sin. That's why the positive thinking message is so popular. Yes. Because I can positive think my way into good feel and right thinking
1: and and, and, into heaven. Yes. And never have a change of heart. Right. So the enemy is leading scores, thousands of people into hell without ever having to fire a shot. Right. All okay. right.
0: Well, I tell you, Janie, this uh, really helps to know where some of these ideologies have come from and how they have slowly but surely taken over our children, our education system, our our ways of thinking. And some, some of the things that has been said and done doesn't really sound bad, but when We look at it in comparison to the scriptures. We can see how it contradicts everything that the Lord has shown us. And that's why mentoring matters. Mentoring Matters is a listener-supported discipleship program of Sharon Hart's ministry. Join a community seeking to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ with resource materials available for the journey at SharonHearts.org. That's S-H-A-R-I-N-Hearts.org.